Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. One reason we say that is because we are releasing faith from the very beginning of the class. We don't want to wait till we get halfway through before you start warming up and this is happening. No, we're believing from right now our spirit's getting fed. Amen. Our faith is being fed and growing stronger. So get your Bible and get something to make some notes with. Come right on into the classroom with us. Let's release faith to hear from Him today. Father, we thank You so much for choosing us, loving us, making us a part of Your forever family. We're asking You for this day our daily bread uh, fresh manna from heaven manifested to feed us, to help us, answers and direction. <clears throat> we purpose to not be uh, hearers only, but to put it into practice. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Would you look in our great textbook, the Bible, at John the fourth chapter. Let's continue in our study that we're calling Faith for Healing. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. Faith in God comes by hearing from God. How would you get faith for healing? Faith for divine healing? Well, it'd be from hearing what God said about healing to us. And um, there's about 20 individual cases, as we've said, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's recorded, where we're given some detail. And so... Uh, we know that that's just 20 out of scores of thousands that were healed in those three plus years of Jesus' ministry. And uh, the reason they're here is because they were handpicked by the Spirit of God, revealing to us all we need to know about this, good for every person and in every successive generation. We studied the healing of the leper, how that he said, I, I know you can heal me if you will. And the Lord said, I will. Be clean. And he was. Should answer the question for us. I will. We saw the healing of Peter's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, how he rebuked that fever and it obeyed his command and left her and immediately she was fine. Got up and ministered to him. We saw the healing of the paralyzed man and how that Jesus demonstrated that receiving forgiveness uh, is the same as receiving healing. healing. Receiving healing is the same as receiving forgiveness. He said, which one's easier? And he demonstrated that both had happened by commanding the man to get up, and he did. And now we're down to number four, the healing of the nobleman's son. Number four, healing of the nobleman's son. In John, the fourth chapter, as the only gospel account writer that recorded this one, beginning in verse 43, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified again today. He said, but after these two days, Jesus went on from there into Galilee. 
although he himself declared that a prophet has no honor in his own country. However, when he came into Galilee, the Galileans also welcomed him and took him to their hearts eagerly, for they had seen everything that he did in Jerusalem during the feast, for they too had attended the feast. So Jesus came again to, the, to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son was lying ill in Capernaum. Having heard that Jesus had come back from Judea into Galilee, he went away to meet him and began to beg him to come down and cure his son, for he was lying at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and miracles happen, you never will believe at all. The king's officer pleaded with him, Sir, do come down at once before my little child is dead. Let's stop and look at this again. We, we see one reason why Jesus uh, made his, um, his place where he, you might call uh, headquarters of operations, was there in that area. And he would go out and come back um, because they received him and they believed in him there. Uh, the Amplified says they eagerly received him to their hearts. It was only some of these other places like Jerusalem and, and in his own hometown where they didn't. And um, this man, this nobleman, heard about um, Jesus, what had happened. His fame had spread abroad. They heard about the turning of the water into wine. They heard about the cleansing of the temple. And like we mentioned a day or two ago in the class of uh, People were healed during that cleansing of the temple. The scripture said, Matthew said, when he ran out the money changers, the lame and the blind came to him in the temple and he healed them. So this man who's called a nobleman in the King James, um, the word means uh, royal. So he either is a royal uh, appointee and or he could be a relative uh, of the king's family. Uh, indications are that he's appointed. Uh, so he is a man of uh, authority and influence and probably some wealth. So there is, there's, a, there's an amount of uh, humility that he shows by leaving his home, coming to see Jesus, and asking for help. Because even though we know Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, uh, to them, he's a commoner. I know that sounds wrong to us, and, and it is, but you know, even the prophet Isaiah said, uh, when we saw him, he was seeing in the Spirit, there is no beauty or comeliness about him that we should desire him. I know it sounds strange, but uh, they couldn't be born again back then, and the average person didn't have the spirit. Uh, nobody had the spirit in them, and uh, the average person didn't have the spirit on them, anointing them. A few people did, prophets, uh, deliverers, priests at times. So um, if you'd have lived back then, it's possible you could have met Jesus on the street and not know who you met.
<laughs> now, I know that just sounds, you know, no, no, I would know. How would you know? In here, you couldn't have been born again yet. You could, you, well, I'd know by the witness. Well, <laughs> Now, not to say that when you heard him, your heart wouldn't have responded and you would have said, yeah, I believe, I believe. Uh, but most people saw him as a, a preacher, traveling preacher, a prophet. Uh, and uh, only near the end of his ministry and, and only a few uh, began to believe he is the Messiah, the Christ. Uh, but he was and he is. <clears throat> but this man, this royal, this officer, uh, appointee of the kingdom, whatever he was, his young son, little son, boy, is very sick at the point of death. And he leaves his home and comes from Capernaum to Canaan, which, like we said, I've, best I can tell, it depends on the road. And I don't know what the ancient roads were. Um, these days, I think it's about a 40-kilometer drive, but um, probably would have been, you know, 15, 20 miles. But you got to remember, they're walking or riding a donkey or some kind of a cart or wagon or whatever. So it's a substantial trip. I think suffice it to say all day, all day trip. If you're averaging two miles an hour, you know, two or three, that's, a, that's all day. And so he does that trip and he comes and finds Jesus and he approaches him and he asks him, doesn't demand, asks him, would he come down and heal his uh, young son who is at the point of death? Um, and this is Jesus' response. Verse 48, Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the Amplified says it. you know, we, we read that. It says, except you see you never will believe at all. And that's because the double negative is used there. It didn't, it didn't just say, unless you see, you won't believe. We might say it like this, no way, no how will you believe. Unless you what? See. See. And so this, this is the issue, or Jesus wouldn't have said it. He said it by revelation. He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. So the Father prompted him to say this. Now, this is such a big thing to learn from this passage. There are no set rules of how things are supposed to happen all the time. Um, if somebody ever comes out with a 5,000 volume set of what to do in every situation... Save your money. <laughs> Do not buy it because nothing and no amount of volumes can replace the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. And just because the Lord did something uh, one way last week or 10 years ago does not mean he's going to do that the same way this time. And um, it's part of this has to do with the Lord requires us to maintain a, a fellowship with him. 
Right? Not just checking in once every 20 years. He wants us to check in with him daily. Right? Daily. And on every situation. Uh, do you remember uh, the Bible said concerning King David, uh, his practice was every time something came up to inquire of the Lord. You remember that? He would inquire, say, David inquired of the Lord. Then it would say, the Lord said. And he would do it. And sometimes, even though he had done the same similar thing repeatedly, he would still go and inquire of the Lord. And it's a good thing he did because on one occasion, the Lord told him, do it this way. Completely different than what they had been doing. And so the man says, please come down and heal my son before he dies. He's at the point of death. Well, we see other accounts of healing where somebody asked for that. And Jesus, uh, like the centurion servant, you know, he said, I'll come. And uh, on that occasion, the centurion said, uh, you don't have to come. <laughs> Just speak the word. But that's not what this man's saying. That's not the same situation. This man wants Jesus to come the 15, 20 miles back to his house. And he wants him to go in the room, I reckon, and, and minister to his boy. And pray over him, speak over him. And Jesus knows by the Spirit that the, man, that, that the man's faith is not there. He's not believing yet. He believes something could happen or he wouldn't be there. But his faith is imperfect. Can you see this? He still, he wants to see something. Then he's going to breathe a sigh of relief. It's okay. What? After Jesus comes back to the house, ministers to the boy. And so that's why the Spirit of God prompted Jesus to say, uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, we have an issue here. <laughs> You're not going to believe unless and until you see something. Well, what's wrong with that? Everything. There, there's no faith then for healing. And um, without faith... It is what? Impossible to please God. And one of the reasons why it's impossible to please Him is He wants you to receive. He wants you to have what it's His will for you to have, and that's not going to happen without faith to receive. So uh, when He says, uh, Jesus you know, responded and said, unless you see something, you, the signs, uh, you never will believe at all. And notice verse 49, this uh, royal, this nobleman, what, what does he say? He just doubled down. Can you see that? He, in fact, he, he pleads, which, remember, he's a royal. So he's really humbling himself. He, he's virtually begging, but he's still stuck in the same gear, right? Please what? Come. He said, sir, do come down at once before my little child is dead. Now, let me, let me just stop right here. They said he's at the point of death. And if you look up that word at the point, it has to do with expectation. They're expecting him to die. Is that faith? Well, it's faith in the disease, right? To kill him. But... That's not uh, 
faith expecting him to die, tell me what that's not. That's not expecting him to live. What, 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 what words the Lord going to give him after, after a bit here? Hmm? It would change his expectation. But at this point, he's expecting him to die unless and until Jesus will come to his house and pray for the boy, minister to the boy. And um, I know, you know, people, they, 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 on this side of, of the cross, people give Jesus more respect. But if you take uh, any other minister today and somebody said, please come and do this, if they didn't immediately respond, you'll see people get mad. You'll see people get upset and they're like, well, I thought this was a church. I thought this was a ministry where people could come and, and get help. And, but they don't understand. We must hear from him in order to have faith. And we need to hear from him in every situation. We cannot separate faith principles and principles of exercising authority from being led by the Spirit every step of the way. These two have to go hand in hand. They're inseparable. And so, uh, Phyllis, my wife, and I have learned, you know, when people ask us to do things, we must not just do them because it doesn't help anybody if we do something and get no results, if we pray and get no results, if we respond. And, and uh, there's also this issue of people not submitting themselves to God. They're coming to Him, telling Him how it's to be done. Can you see a problem there? Yes. See, that's, that's not treating the Lord like he's the Lord. And yet people don't even realize they're doing it sometimes. They just, maybe they heard it happen this way for somebody else, or maybe it happened that way for them in some time past. And they get fixated on it happening like this. And uh, that can be a real problem. I've seen people who, who won't break out of it. They, they want it to be done just like this. They want you to do it just like this or elsewise. They get mad. They get upset. And what happens is they don't receive. It's sad. This reminds me of somebody else who had it in mind how it should be done. A man by the name of Naaman. Anybody ever heard about him, read about him? Go back to 2 Kings. Let's remind ourselves of what happened with him. Man by the name of Naaman. In 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, 2 Kings 5, we're told there was a, a man by the name of Naaman, uh, 2 Kings 5 1. He was a captain of the host of the king of Syria. So he was like commander in chief of their armies, their armed forces. And he was a great man with his master, the king. Honorable. The Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. One of the servants that he had in his house knew about God and about healing. And so he, he brought up to Naaman and Naaman's wife that if he were in Samaria, there's a prophet there, verse 3, that could recover him of his leprosy. And so the king of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel. They tried to handle it through the royal courts <laughs> and because uh, he, he's a man of importance. He's got connections. 
he asked the king. The king asked Israel's king. But the king of Israel said, what? <laughs> How am I supposed to heal this guy? <laughs> so he, he, he thought he's trying to start a war. Uh, but they got it sorted out. Elisha picked it, picked it up in the spirit from God. Um, he, uh, he sent to the, the king of Israel. He said, send him to me. He'll know there's a prophet in Israel. Verse 9, Naaman came with his horses and his chariot, stood at the door of the house of Elisha, and Elisha sent a messenger to him and said, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will come again to you, uh, and you will be clean. And Naaman was not happy about this. <laughs> Verse 11 says Naaman was what? He was wroth. That means he was really angry. And they, they left uh, black marks. Uh, peeling out from the driveway they, <laughs> or at least the, the horses pawed and <laughs> they, uh, they went away and they weren't going to do it. He wasn't going to do it. Why? He is insulted. He's insulted. He comes with his entourage. He's commander in chief of the armed forces of a country. He comes to the, to the man's place. To, to him, that's probably a big stooping down. He came to him. But no reception. <laughs> no banner. No, no singers. No, nothing. Like they didn't even know he's coming. And here comes this one guy. Walking down. <laughs> He says, hi, yeah, you, the, uh, you Naaman, commander-in-chief of Assyria forces? Yes. And maybe his official said, that's Mr. Naaman to you. And uh, he said, right, right, Mr. Naaman, Commander Naaman, uh, I serve Elisha the prophet. He sent me to tell you, go down to the river and dip seven times and you'll be a-okay. They looked at each other. I'm sure they're thinking, he's not coming. The prophet's not coming. He's not even showing up. He ain't coming out of the house. Oh, I mean, his face flushed. They're angry. They're upset. They've been insulted. He said, get out of here. So, man, they peel the horses out. Like I said, they left marks and boom, they're rushing down the road. And uh, why? Read it. He said, read, read the rest of that verse right there. What did Naaman say? He, he said, I, verse 11, he was wroth. He went away and he said, behold, I thought. Mm, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. See, he's already got it figured out how this is going to happen. He's going to roll up with his entourage. And the prophet will be there and give him a proper, proper greeting for dignitaries like himself. And then he will, he'll have the proper ceremony. And he will come and he will call on the name of his God and lay his hands on me and minister to me in, in that way. And he didn't even come out of the house. 
Do you know, the Lord will on purpose do things different from your little plan and your little idea that you thought up with. Why? Because, see, you're, you're feeling yourself too much, thinking that everybody's supposed to conform to you. This is God we're talking about, right? And see, he's, he didn't realize it maybe at this point, but he's disrespecting Elisha. He should have been thrilled that the prophet of God, chief prophet in the land, would even send him a message at all. And he doesn't realize he's heard from God. He's got the answer for my healing. And he just gave it to me. Now, aren't we still talking about some of the same thing we started off with about what you respect versus what you don't respect? Right? What you honor versus what you don't honor. I mean, we, we know the thing changed, but at this point, if you just stop right here and there were no change, that'd mean Naaman missed his healing. If there were no changes beyond this, why? There would have been no healing. You couldn't say it wasn't God's will. God gave him the answer and told him what to do, right? You couldn't say God couldn't do it. He's God. Couldn't say it wasn't his will, wasn't available, but... If he had stayed in this area of anger and disrespect and dishonor to God's servant and, and the word of God and his things, he would have never received healing and this passage wouldn't be in the Bible. The reason it's here is because he had a change of heart as they were racing down the road. And he humbled himself and decided to show some respect. Oh, can you see this Amen. class? He, uh, he said, sure, I, I thought, I thought he'd do it this way and he'd do it that way. Can you see that with the nobleman? You know, he, he, he's got in his mind. Yeah, you know, he'll come. Maybe he heard he went to somebody else's house. He'll come and he'll come in there and lay hands on the boy and speak over him, whatever he does. And, and then we'll see the boy recover and then... He's going to believe everything's all right. <laughs> but see, it's too late for faith then. One of the most untrue statements around is seeing is believing. You ever heard people say that? Well, seeing is believing. It absolutely is not. It is not. What's faith? It's the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. No, uh, a more untrue statement you have not heard than this one about seeing is believing. Don't use that statement. And don't accept, don't agree with that statement. It's a completely untrue statement. And that's what had to change in um, Naaman, had to change with the nobleman. They had to get past their idea what they thought they wanted to see. Before they're going to accept everything's okay. No, you got to come to God and be willing to believe before you see anything. Can you say amen? Before you see anything, you got to be willing to make that choice. I believe, I receive. Even though I don't see it, I don't feel it. If you say it's so, it's so. That's when you'll tap in to the power of God. 
manifesting. Can you say amen? And our time's up again. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.